The Podcast Show. Giving ideas a voice. Hello and welcome to The Podcast Show, a show where we feature podcast hosts and their journeys in podcasting here in Asia. My name is Yiting, your host for today, and I am joined by our guest, Jack Thomas, CEO and founder of Base Bangkok and Fitness Business Asia. Jack is also a podcast speaker at AFC and FIT Summit. Hi, Jack. Hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good to have you on yeah. the show. Thank you. Yeah, great to be here. Perfect. So, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and also your business? Yes, sure. I try and always give the, the quick version of this. I first came to Bangkok 15 years ago um, mm -hmm. as a traveler, uh, backpacker. So I was in my early 20s then, um, just kind mm -hmm. of got bored of the corporate lifestyle in the UK. Uh, wasn't quite for me. So I came over to Southeast Asia. And then to give you the very quick version, I traveled around for a bit, teaching English for a little bit, set up a clothing expo business, which I was running for about six or seven years. And mm -hmm. then 2008, 2009, there was a bit of a, uh, obviously a downturn in the global economy. And mm -hmm. that hit my business really hard. So I was a little bit of a, a crossroads on what to do. So mm -hmm. I saw an opportunity in the fitness industry. I thought it was something that I, I also enjoy. Mm -hmm. So it looked very appealing to me. Went back to the UK, did my qualifications and came back as a personal trainer in Bangkok. I think they've developed a lot since then. It was eight or nine years ago now. So I started working for a small studio That became a bigger studio, and then I kind of worked my way up through the ranks of that company. So I went from coach to manager to managing director, and then left four years ago to set up my own studio base. Since then, we've gone from strength to strength. We've gone from one studio in August 2016. We opened our second one a year later and our third one uh, a year after that. Where we currently stand with bases that we're looking uh, at international expansion. We're also mm. working on technology um, to report clients' results, something that's quite innovative in the fitness industry. So we're very excited about that. And then, of course, the podcast, which is why I'm here today. To, yes. um, what you're be asking about. So I set that up about a year ago, um, started off a little bit slow, and then I made a big commitment in the new year to really focus on that. So I decided to put out one episode each week. And since then, the podcast has, again, gone from strength to strength. Um, every month, we increase the amount of listeners that we get. And it's been a really great journey for me. And it's really kind of helped to complement the work that we do through base and our aspirations to expand internationally. Yes, the, that's the Fitness Business Podcast, right? Fitness Business yeah, fitness Asia? Fitness Asia Podcast, yeah. Perfect. So how do you come up with the name for this podcast? And just how do you get started? Yeah, so the name, because no one else is really doing anything like this in Asia. There's a lot of fitness business podcasts worldwide, mm -hmm. um, but no one's doing it in this region. So I kind of wanted it to be easy to find, easy to search for. Fitnessbusinessasia.com was available, so I thought that would be a good um, domain to, to secure. Mm -hmm. It would help the SEO and everything else. So I kind of just went down the basic route of... Um, We'll call it what it is <laughs> so it's easy to find you need to know exactly what it is and I think that would just kind of make it easier to hit the target market in, 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 in Asia for the fitness industry right right yeah it's like you say exactly what it is I've uh, listened to a little bit of it and it's really interesting actually I was wondering why do you want to talk about why do you want a podcast that talks about the fitness business instead of you know something that's more along the lines of wellness or just fitness tips that's for consumers why do you choose like the business side 
it, it, there's many reasons for that. One is just my own personal journey. I mean, I've mm-hmm. moved away more personally from the fitness side. We have great mm-hmm. coaches, great trainers that do that day in, day out. We have fitness managers that more look after the fitness side of base. For me now, I'm personally more focused and more excited about the business side. Mm-hmm. And also, I see that as an area that really needs development, um, honestly, worldwide. But definitely yeah. in this region, I see a lot of businesses uh, failing because they lack um, sort of some of the basic business skills that you need. Yeah. I think often in our industry, we overlook the business side, thinking that if we're a good coach, if we're popular, then we're going to have a successful business. And obviously, that, 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 that's not always the case. Um, so I kind of saw a real need for this in, in the industry. And I feel that um, I want to see a stronger industry because I think we, as a company, benefit from a stronger industry in Asia. Um, and also, I think it's just, you know, it's a real shame. I think it's sad when a, a business doesn't succeed. That is someone's hope, someone's dream into that. So, you know, I think if, if I can help the fitness industry grow and develop, I think that's better for everyone. And yeah. also in our industry, we have a, a wide responsibility that we're making people fitter, we're making mm. people healthier, more disease-free. So I think that there's enough people doing that on the, you know, what to eat and how to train side, but there's not enough people doing that on the business side. So I saw a particular need there. Right, absolutely. And for this, though, are you... Uh, because your podcast is free, right? And I don't recall hearing any sort of advertisement in it. So is it more like, a, you know, just free information to help everyone, to help the whole ecosystem? Or how do you see this? Yeah, I mean, it very much runs in line with my own personal mission to build up health and fitness in Asia and also to build up the fitness side. But obviously, there are personal benefits to doing it as well. I mean, one was that some of my staff wanted to learn more about the business side. And I saw this as a good way to do it rather than try and sit down with people and sort of go through, you know, recruitment or HR or marketing. I thought it'd be much more useful to just put out the podcast. I can sit down and do that (laughs) in my own time. My staff can listen to it. And if they want to delve deeper into any topic or any subject, they can pull me aside and we can grab a coffee so it actually seemed more efficient just to tick that box um i think mm. it also raises the profile of base in the region if we expand internationally if we go down the franchise route then this uh, podcast will definitely help to position us as leaders in fitness business and also myself as well you know i've mm. got speaking engagements from this i've met some great people it's been awesome for networking i've made some really really good friends and met some very inspiring people in the industry so you know Part of yeah. it is definitely as a sort of wider social mission, I guess, which mm-hmm. I have. Um, but also a big part of it is just, you know, the amount that I've personally gained from it and the amount that the base has got from it as well and I guess the final part was just personal development I used to hate public speaking when I was younger I really didn't enjoy it now I I, I do really enjoy it I like it a lot and I enjoy speaking I've never done sort of interviews I'd never um, spoke on my own into a microphone about a certain topic so another reason I wanted to do it was just to develop personally and now I feel much more comfortable sitting down on my own with a microphone and talking Mm -hmm. about subject. so that's been great yeah okay it's really interesting that I didn't think that it could also be a training platform for your stuff like that was a really interesting you know use Mm. for the podcast and I think it's definitely true that because podcasts are more conversation based so like for them it will also be easier to learn and listen to all this business aspect of things Absolutely. Yeah, definitely easier for them to consume yeah. the information, but also the quality of the information it would, would be better, I think. You know, mm. if I've got five people in the company that want to learn more about the business side, well, mm. it's pretty hard to get them together at the same time. We have right. three different locations and I'm moving around a lot. 
Um, even if I do get together with them, it's 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 going to be hard to give them a very focused session. So I was like, why don't I give a focused session, you know, into the microphone and mm. make it readily available to them and really make that high quality stuff. And then again, if they want to delve deeper into anything, they can just let me know about it. So I mean, mm. another thing it's been good for as well is seeing who actually genuinely is serious about learning more yeah, yeah. on the business side. Someone might say they want to learn more about the business side. So now I can put it to them. I can put it in their hands. Say, look, I put out great quality information here. Take a listen. Let me know if you have any questions. And it kind of shows me who really wants to learn more about it and who maybe isn't quite ready yet, which, you know, is fine as well. Right. So the interesting thing is that I realize sometimes listening to podcasts, it's a little bit like going to the gym for me because, you know, sometimes I know that I can learn a lot from podcasts. It's really good, but I might have the inertia. Like maybe this is more, I want to watch some TV or something, but actually listening to it and finishing it makes me feel like, okay, I really learned something today and that was like time well spent. So that's uh, the same for me going to the gym as well. Like mm. I might be a bit lazy, but when I actually go to the gym and do my routine, I feel much better my, about myself. And I actually find that it's a really good, um, like a, it's a, it's really good to put this two together, like listen to a podcast when, while I'm in the gym or like working out or something. Absolutely. I think it's a good analogy. It's something that you need to make into a habit, right? You know, yeah. at first you might prefer listening to music or watching yeah. Netflix or doing something else or scrolling through Facebook, you know, which wouldn't be very productive at all. So it's certainly a bit of a habit shift to start listening to podcasts instead. But just like exercising, once you start to do it, you mm. get more used to it and then you actually start to enjoy it. And then you start to really see the benefits. Exactly. You know, my personal journey through podcasting is about a year and a half ago. I started listening to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I made that personal shift mm-hmm. and I get so much from it and learned so much with all of this information that was being put out I was mm-hmm. like well maybe I turn to kind of give it a go and to kind of give back a little bit and put some information out as well so yeah there's definitely a lot of parallels there for sure I think, you know more people should listen to their daily routine it's passive mm-hmm. you can listen to it in the car you can listen to it while you're working out on a run so I think there's kind of no excuse really for, <laughs> for taking this free information that's put out there Definitely. So since you've started your own podcast, how do you research your topics and how do you go about you know, planning every week to make sure that you have quality content coming out? Yeah, it's a good question. In terms of topics, it, to be honest, it comes pretty naturally to me mm. because I've been in this industry for eight years now. So I know what many of the pain points are. Mm. I know points of my journey that I can talk about people haven't experienced yet. So if it's, for example, setting up a brand new studio, yeah. I mean, obviously I've done that three times now, so I kind of know mm. how that works, but I know that many people haven't done that and they need to know how to do that. So that makes it like an easy topic. And also just through networking around the region, um, speaking at different events and seminars, you get talking to a lot of people on what their personal pain points are so it might be retention of staff it might be finding mm. good quality staff it might be the sales process it might be branding and so you have a, you know have a lot of conversations with people about what they need yeah. to know and what they want to learn about so honestly that that gives me many different topics to talk about and that's not particularly yeah particularly mm. yeah okay and how do you get guests to come on board on your podcast shows is it also from the from speaking gigs and as you meet more people like more and more people want to want to actually talk about these topics as well 
Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think like many things in life, it just gets easier as you go on. So at first, um, we didn't really have a podcast, right? We only had one or two episodes out Mm -hmm. once I launched. So asking for someone to be on the podcast, they were kind of, I guess, taking a little bit of a risk on us. They didn't really know much about us. Um, So the first guest was someone that I met. um, He was actually a fellow speaker at the Asia Fitness Conference. We were Mm -hmm. on the same panel together. He was a great guy. He had a lot of experience. He'd been in the Asia fitness industry for 20 years got on really really well so I just asked him and he was you know more than happy to help so he was like a fairly big name guest to mm. kind of kick things off um that went really well I started adding in a few of my own podcasts once we got to like seven or eight episodes when I approached people cold we could see that we were legit we had yeah. some episodes up and running they were quite happy then to appear the other guests have been people that I actually know already in the industry and that's just been from from networking, from introductions. And you know, once you get to know someone, you tell them about what the purpose of the podcast is, usually they're pretty happy to appear. We, we haven't had any one decline, actually. All the um, approaches I've made, everyone's always been happy to, to jump on board. Right, right. Definitely. I think it's mutually beneficial for you know both the guest and also the podcast. It is, yeah. Just something to add there as well. Now we've actually had people contacting us. Yeah, definitely. Once we kind of got to about 15 or 20 episodes, we had people reach out to Mm -hmm. us to be on the podcast. So again, it's about that snowball kind of bigger and bigger as it goes on the hill, right? Just getting easier and easier, more people approaching us. Um, And I think interestingly, interestingly, what's big for us is people that aren't afraid to share their knowledge and have this, mm. this mindset. You know, I think some people have actually said to me, like, you know, why do you put this out? Isn't it going to embolden the competition? You know, your competitors might be listening. But for me, I feel like we benefit and everyone benefits from a bigger, stronger industry. You know, there's all the other benefits yeah. I've talked about as well. So, you know, it did cross my mind at the very beginning that competitors might be listening, but I thought, what's the worst that can happen they get a bit better at, their, at what they do that raises the whole industry which i think is also good for us so you know i, I kind of got over that pretty quickly so we mm-hmm. now of course look for guests that also have that same mindset you know they need to be happy if they're a branding expert in the fitness industry they need to be happy to share you know yeah they know branding and just and again have that growth mindset rather than scarcity mindset and really see the benefits of getting their information out there to build the industry up together and also to raise their profile in their you know particular field yeah yeah definitely and out of the the podcast episodes that you've already recorded were there any specifically memorable moments or certain episodes you know that like really stuck with you yeah there's Every episode has its has its little thing, you know, that really sort of sticks out in my mind. Um, all the interviews have been great. I mean, I have vetted the guests quite closely, so I always knew that they would come out with some good stuff. And I would say mm-hmm. that the first interview that I, that I spoke of already, I mean, he was part of a uh, gym chain that expanded to 64 locations around Asia. So, like, getting his insights was awesome. And also, he was the first interviewee, so obviously I was very appreciative of that. His mm-hmm. name's JJ Sweeney. He's based out of Jakarta. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was great. Um, a few other episodes, I guess, stick out in my mind. One was with Pete Few which was he's from yoga movement which is a yoga chain in singapore actually okay based um and he's just great on branding just very very happy to share everything he knows and you know all the parts of his journey and he's created a very very special brand there they're really doing something special with six locations and someone on that you know really willing to share a lot about his journey and how he got there was always great and you know he's become a great friend as well you know he's been to bangkok we hang out um we've kept in touch which is which is, i think a sign of um, yeah, really good podcast. I guess another episode that stood out was um, Rich Hudson, 
Mm-hmm. He's based out KL. Uh, works for um, he he owns parts of a boutique studio there and also runs a box um, chain studio as well. And he gives some really really great insight into sales, which mm-hmm. I think is uh, an area that's quite underlooked in our industry. So that was one of our, our most popular episodes. We had really really good feedback on that. And again, what really stands out to me is Rich was happy to come on and very candidly and very straight about what you need to do to improve right. your sales. You know, he wasn't worried about who was listening if the competition were listening in. He wants to get his information out there and he wants to help the industry. And to see, you know, Pete, Few, um, sorry, Pete, Rich and JJ do that along with all the guests, it's been really, really great. Right. And why do you decide on Bangkok? Was it from the traveling that you really fell in love with the place or why, why Asia, why Bangkok to set up? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of happened by accident, really. <laughs> Where I was, te- I met some people that were living here and teaching English, and it just sounded like something sort of interesting and exciting to do. That was 15 years ago, and so that that led to the clothing export business. But at this point, you know, it was going well, but I didn't see myself in Bangkok for the long term. Right. Um, but business kind of went from strength to strength, and then took that downturn before I changed careers. Um, when I changed careers, again, it was a crossroads for me. I was looking at other options, maybe get back to the UK, maybe go to Australia. Yeah. But decided that I was quite happy in Bangkok and I kind of see how it went. Then I was working for the other company for about four or five years. Um, and at one stage before I set up base, um, I looked into other fitness markets. Mm-hmm. So one was KL, one was Yangon. Um, it just seems to make more sense to me to stay in Bangkok. This is where my network was. Yeah. You know, I knew business investors here. I knew the market really well here. Yangon was quite far behind, but up and coming. Mm-hmm. But like Bangkok was a bit of a safer bet, and I think that's turned out to be to be the case for sure. So it just kind of almost happened by accident, I guess. I've been mm-hmm. in Bangkok. You know, one year has kind of led to another. But you know, after 15 years, I can say I really love living here. There are, of course, the pros and cons, just like any city. But I think it's a great place to be. Um, and you know, base has gone well here. So now we're looking at potential expansion elsewhere. Yeah. Place would hopefully be Singapore in the next mm-hmm. 12 months with hope. So um, I'll probably see Bangkok as a base, but I'll be traveling around. I'll be okay, yeah, yes. Singapore for sure. Yeah, yeah. Have Bangkok the base and then Southeast Asia and then like further expanding even more. Yeah. yeah I mean, if expansion in Asia goes well, um, mm-hmm. then of course, you know, we would look at as well. We're just taking one step at a time, making sure that we're expanding yeah. in the right way. So how do you see this fitness trend emerging in Asia? Because um, I think, for instance, in Singapore, there are quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of people who exercise. But then in China, I know that now there's also more of a fitness boom. But in the past, girls really did not exercise to go to the gym. Yeah, it's a very exciting place to be. I think Asia, there are a lot of opportunities. I think if you look at... Um, Singapore, it's quite a busy fitness market. I certainly wouldn't say it's saturated. I think there's still plenty of opportunities there, but it's busy. If you come into the Singaporean market, you need to be doing things well. Mm -hmm. You need to have something unique and different about your concepts. Um, Yeah, you kind of need that that, that little something that makes you special. Um, I I see a lot of room for growth in in the growing cities, the developing cities, if you will, such as Ho Chi Minh. uh, you know, Hanoi cities in, in, in China, for sure, there's massive room for growth and development. And I think if you look at my particular space, which is boutique fitness, kind of high-end mm-hmm. premium yeah. fitness training, I think more and more, there's definitely been a shift over the last 10 years to a high-end experience. People right, paying right. more for the service, wanting, you know, technology, wanting good quality coaches, wanting something that the chain gyms kind of struggle to offer. And I think... I think that trend will continue. I think over the next three, four 
five years, we will see more and more people um, come into the sort of more premium space because they really want it to kind of be something very special, something they look forward to. And, you know, they want to be engaged with the brand. They're kind of proud to sell their friends with them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So just coming back to your podcast, besides having, like, using it either as training or as, like, free free material to, for people to listen to, to, to grow the whole market, um, are there... What are like the people that you think who who listen to this podcast? What what are the demographics? Yeah, it's it's definitely very niche. Um, so you know our download numbers are, are decent, but they're mm. they're not huge. It's about fifteen hundred to two thousand unique downloads a month. So it's it's not as big as some of the other fitness business podcasts. I know some of the bigger ones are hitting sort of. Uh, maybe eight to ten thousand downloads a month, but we are of course specific to this region. Yes, so you know we don't have many listeners. I think in the states or the UK. I think we have a few if you look at our analytics, but most of them mm. are based in Southeast Asia. So that means that we are very targeted towards this business owners in mm. Southeast Asia, and I think you know Hong Kong, not so much China at the moment from what we can see. Um, so I found that although our, our download numbers aren't huge. When I go to like an event, it's pretty cool. You know, people that I get talking to, people yeah. might um, have to the podcast and they'll come up to me and have a chat. Um, so yeah, it feels very much sort of focused and niche and centered right. around, you know, it's typically boutique fitness owners um, in the region. Right. And I'm sure there's a lot of, there's a lot of market for that, but maybe they just need to know that, oh, all this is out here. And then once you meet them and then they spread the word and more and more people will get to know about this and listen to the podcast and maybe even go on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I think it's, it's getting people sort of into the habit of listening to podcasts is probably the first yeah. step. Um, then obviously wanting to improve their business and being open-minded about that, realizing that they might need help on the marketing side, on the sales side, recruitment, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. And then I think once they've gone through those two steps, then I, I would say my podcast would be the next logical step. You know, mm. when you have time, when you're driving to work or whatever it is, um, yeah, have a listen, see if there's anything. You know, I think our episodes are quite short. They're quite snappy. Mm-hmm. I would really like to think that any boutique fitness business owner or any fitness business owner could get at least one or two things that would resonate with them right. one or two things that they could start implementing into their business straight away so once they they get in contact with it i would hope that they would gain something strong from it and yeah. then obviously subscribe keep listening yeah, we don't yeah. people to tell their that the rest of their staff about it you know if you mm-hmm. have a studio and you have a few managers or even coaches that want to learn more about the business side then of course you know share it with them and they can also kind of upskill and develop um yeah and what do you think about the podcast market in Asia? It's young. It's it's immature. You know, if you compare it to the US, yeah. like um, not many people are listening at the moment. Uh, but I mm-hmm. think that will change. Yes, sure. I think it will. You know, we're typically we're a little bit behind Europe. We're a little bit behind the states in most trends, most things. But eventually, we do we do catch up. Um, I think you know it needs more people putting good quality content out there. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Things to do in, in my space, but if people can keep doing that and keep putting their name out there, then I think it will continue to grow, develop, and kind of you know more catch up. Yeah. What we're seeing in this, I mean, like I said, it's it's a passive resource which is great because you can listen to it any time. It's free. You know, I think if it can help you or it can help your business, and I think there's there's no reason not to listen. Really. And I think one of the good things about coming in at this time mm-hmm. is, let's say, it explode in in Asia in twelve yeah, months. You will be there like from the beginning, and right exactly. You know, by that stage, let's say in twelve months it explodes, we'll be on over a hundred episodes by then, maybe a hundred and twenty. So mm-hmm. we will be best place to 
exactly and, and you I'm, have that niche market you're focused on fitness business in Asia so it's like all the reason all the more reason to be looking to your podcast yeah, exactly. You know, what we have seen as well is as we've grown and developed and added more episodes when, I mean, our downloads are going up partly mm-hmm. because people would come across the podcast and be like, this is great. This is really helping me. So they download all of our previous episodes yeah. and then over a few months they would listen to them all. So right. you know, the further we go with that, the more it really is, you know, a fantastic resource. Mm-hmm. If we have a new coach that comes in the door, if we, that's one of the first reasons that I did this, and they say, hey, I want to learn more about the business side, it'd be like, well, brilliant, we've got 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're, you know, most of them are 10 to 20 minutes long. They're not particularly long. Listen to 20 of them and then let's get together and speak, you yeah. know, so then it becomes a great resource for them or for anyone else. You know, if they yeah. stumble across the podcast, it's, it's already a fantastic, deep resource for them. Mm-hmm. So you're just, you know, preparing yourself for that explosion, I guess, because podcasting is already a huge market in the US and we see that that there is so, there's so much potential in Asia and it's going to happen. So you're just like, making sure that you have the content that you're there and when the market and when everyone is ready they're just going to look to your things absolutely you know it, it takes time if you look at my particular space fitness now in you on youtube the guys that are doing really well now were there at the very beginning you yeah. know, in 2007 2008 they were putting out content with almost no views but they were doing it week in week out consistently yeah, when it totally. started to get busier and more popular and people started to really watch it again they were best placed and placed in every way Mm -hmm. to really benefit from that boom the youtube algorithms Mm -hmm. lighter they put a lot of content out Mm -hmm. a deep library of good information so they were best placed to to benefit from that boom you know i think one of the lessons to take from that is you've got to remain optimistic you've got to remain motivated even when your downloads are low and your views are low i think the trouble is people want quick results right again there's another analogy to fitness there people want quick results with that (laughs) put your podcast out for you know six months seven months before you really get many listeners that are outside of your your personal network but the important thing is to remember why you did it you know, to stay focused, to stay motivated, to see the bigger picture, and you just show a little bit of discipline. I think then, mm. you know, you be that person like the YouTube fitness guys that did well from putting out all that content when it wasn't so popular. You will be that person in Asia with podcasting. Trouble is, you know, people expect quick results now, and they're very quick to give up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we all tend to forget that a lot of the people, even YouTube stars, they they were there from like ten ten years ago at least. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, and do you feel that because you're in fitness and you're used to the mentality of, you know, only seeing the result after constant hard work, do you feel like that makes it easier for you to pull through the initial stages of like contesting and not yeah, seeing the results? It's a good question, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I don't. I guess so. You know, having a more disciplined mindset in terms of training, I guess, might carry over. But I don't think that's always the case. Actually, I see plenty mm-hmm. of people who are extremely disciplined when it comes to their training. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like other areas of their life, they might not be as disciplined. Um, but I think for me personally, I would say so. I think it's part of my, um, uh, you know, my general approach, just to sort of uh, understand that there can be delayed gratification. You might need to work hard for something right. and. Re- benefits later um, but I'm not necessarily convinced from what I see okay. that that's necessarily <laughs> people there they're in training I think it's more of like a personal thing yeah. I mean, if you look at another example I see a lot of coaches that are so disciplined with their own training mm-hmm. but when it comes to their own personal finances they're oh. completely out the window <laughs> Whereas you would expect them to be fairly similar, right? You know, you've got calories in, calories out. You've got dollars in, dollars out. It should be the same kind of principle, I think. <laughs> mm, I wonder. these principles don't always carry over. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Mm. 
But it can do. I think it's more of a personal mindset thing. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, mm. if you, me, you know, I can see the benefits of putting work in and not seeing things explode and get better the next day. Mm. You know, for me, that, that, that helps with my training mm. and also the same mindset helps with, you know, finances or doing this mm-hmm. and, and everything, business and everything else. Right. I think it's also believing that the content you're putting out is good, right? It's like, okay, maybe now it doesn't have that many downloads and doesn't have that many listeners, but eventually like people will see that this is still good content and yeah it will catch on yeah you know again it goes back to one of the the original reasons i did this which was personal development so i was aware that my first few episodes might not be great my first Mm. few interviews might not go particularly well but i was Mm. like well let's just do it get it out there um, see how it is you know I can always, yeah, I can always look back I wanted to look back in a year and say wow those first few weren't very good now I now I feel much more comfortable and much better so the only way to do that is to actually start and just to put it out you know it's hard to, to develop my interview technique without doing interviews so totally. yeah yeah that is to my next question actually which is do you have any hacks on how to do a good podcast if it's interview then I would say um, definitely plan and prepare for sure as mm-hmm. you have done you introduced me very well and as you know you've obviously done your research into, into my background so definitely do that um try and understand as much as you can about mm-hmm. the interviewee so if, if, if a conversation goes in a certain direction you can you know what to ask and you kind of know a little bit about what they've done i would the way i prefer to do it is to have a guideline of questions which yeah. i would usually share with the guests if they want me to so okay. that they can have a think about what they want to answer mm-hmm. um and then i just kind of see where the conversation goes um so the first question might be you know tell us about how the jakarta fitness industry was 10 years ago and mm-hmm. then you just sort of use other questions and what you know about them to guide that part of the conversation before going on to the next one. yeah right. definitely prepare definitely plan um, I would say another, I don't know if it's really a hack, but I would say definitely get someone who you can trust to give you an honest opinion mm-hmm. to listen back through the podcast um, mm-hmm. and let you know what they think. You know, someone who's not afraid to tell you what they really think. You can give a good, strong, objective opinion on how it sounds, how it might sound to a listener that doesn't know you, and then really be genuinely open to that feedback. You know, I think that's important. Doing podcasts isn't easy. Doing interviews isn't easy. So get a friend that's willing to tell you the truth. You really sort of know talking about and maybe listen to podcasts themselves and then be open to listening to them and actually act on that feedback they give agreed and i think what you said just now about just getting the first episode out there and doesn't have to be perfect that's so important because a lot of times i think people just stop because they feel that okay this is not what i thought it would be i thought i was going to sound great but i don't and maybe i don't know how to interview people and then you cannot just don't know what to do about it anymore so i guess like not having to be perfect right from the beginning right absolutely and if i can offer another fitness analogy we often mm-hmm. get clients who are like oh i'm not quite ready to start training yet just give right. me some time i'm going to build up my fitness a little bit and then i'm going to come to base okay. we never we never see those people <laughs> actually <laughs> base is great for beginners we've had many people that have just started their fitness journey at base mm-hmm. they said you know what i'm ready to start let's do it so the ones that delay and say oh well i'll do it when i'm ready don't worry i'll be ready soon we never see them it's exactly the same podcast right. oh let me practice interviews yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. let me do a couple of ones on my own let me do a bit more research you know ultimately Mm -hmm. i think that person's probably not going to ever start it or it might be delayed two years they might eventually do it two years later Mm -hmm. they could have two years of good solid first-hand experience and many of the podcast guys and girls i listen to they often talk about those early episodes and how when they listen back to them they embarrass them a little bit Mm -hmm. that's what you need to do just get out be embarrassed and then move you know develop and grow totally is that uh would that be what you guys tell the clients who go to 
base as well because I'm looking at the the images on Instagram of the studio it looks really nice and you know personally sometimes even when I go to the, my local gym I feel a bit intimidated when I don't know how to use all the equipment and stuff like that yeah so how do you tell people to be like you don't have to wait until you're of a certain fitness level like just come yeah it's a great question because it's a conversation that we have internally a lot we are aware that base is a little bit scary you know you go <laughs> to a gym gym and you can just go on the treadmill at your own pace listening to your headphones mm. you can work through the machines at your own pace doing what you want to do whereas with us you you're within a class mm-hmm. so you're surrounded by other people yeah um, are obviously concerned about being about being judged if they're ready for it people are often scared that they won't know what to do so for that it presents i would say two areas to look at one is marketing mm-hmm. now we need to make sure that through our social media channels and through instagram stories and everything else we are telling the stories of people just like you just like the listener this isn't for elite athletes this is for everyday people and here's someone for example who came here six months ago they were scared they were intimidated they got through those first few sessions and now they absolutely love base they come every and they can't imagine not doing it so the more that we can tell those stories mm-hmm. of people that are just like the viewer or just like the listener the more they'll think well if this person can do it maybe mm-hmm. i can do it too so i think that's important it kind of comes down to your basic marketing message if you just have ripped guys and girls if you just have guys <laughs> doing you know backflips and yeah human flat of course it's going to put off most mm-hmm. people the second element of it is of course the human connection that we have in the boutique fitness space so the front desk staff needs to be um really welcoming really warm get to know them the coach needs to make sure they know if it's their first time at base they made that decision to step through the door the coach needs to recognize that show them how to do things make sure they they don't have any injuries or just the workout if they do have a chat with them afterwards and i've really coached them and taught them through that first session in a way you don't get in you know your your big chain gyms mm-hmm. so if we can get that marketing side right and if we can get those first two experiences right I'm convinced we could turn that person into it's based for me. I'm a little bit scared. I'm a little bit intimidated into, wow, I actually love this. I've never enjoyed exercise before, but I do now. I feel part of a community here and I can see myself doing it for a long time. Right. Yeah, that's so important. And it's like the people grow through this process, right? They feel empowered by learning all these things and going to the gym and having a community of people being with them. Yeah, and that's the way fitness has gone. That's the way the industry has developed. I love that about the fitness industry. It wasn't quite like that when I got in eight years ago. Now it really is something you look forward to. You know, you'll meet mm. your friends on a Friday morning to train, do a yoga class, and you'll go out for brunch afterwards. Yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> I think that's really cool. I'm happy to see the industry go this way. Can you share also a little bit of maybe marketing for the podcast? Do you do marketing for for the fitness business Asia podcast? We haven't done a huge amount. A lot of it has been organic growth or through our networks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used LinkedIn a bit to connect with people and to put stuff out there in, in, in groups, in my mm-hmm. posts. Uh, we have sponsored a few events, uh, which has actually been really good. So we haven't sponsored with money. We've sponsored, um, which is quite common in our industry. Mm-hmm. If I go and speak and talk at an event, rather than being paid, we can have a sponsorship of the event, so, which, okay. is, which, is, you know, which is great because it gives us more exposure. It kind of is very much in line with the original goals of the podcast, which is to, to raise the profile of base and myself yes. and to raise the fitness industry here. So we can kind of kill two birds with one stone and having another event and another audience here. And then also sponsor with podcasts as well. Um, we 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 use um, which is very common for podcasts. We really try and encourage listeners to share the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think you know just saying that at the beginning I think goes a long way. 
like yeah. hey guys it's a free resource we don't have adverts if you gain something from this podcast please do share it with colleagues with friends with any coaches you know that want to up their game i think just by saying that you know people are like well yeah you know what? i've got a lot of value from this podcast i, yeah. I am going to share and i think that's honestly probably the best way to market um market the podcast is just referrals word of mouth just like any business really yeah yeah and so i'm looking at the instagram page of uh the podcast and also like your own uh the based base yeah your own yeah instagram page and i noticed yeah. that there's quite a um like the graphic design of the podcast and of what the content you put out there is like very well thought out so you guys want to like keep the same image right of the of the base gym and also the podcast yeah so i made a decision to to kind of integrate the two but not too much you know it's mm. not called the base podcast or the right, base right. fitness podcast but i we we chose to kind of use some of the subtle branding points that we have in base mm-hmm. with the fitness business asia podcast as well so we use the same fonts we use the same brand colors so it kind of has a bit it's, it almost feels like a sister brand yeah. of base if you will but actually funnily enough we are looking at doing a a base podcast mm-hmm. um, we're going to call it the build your base podcast which we will do more for the local bangkok market it will be completely separate to the fitness business asia podcast and again it's trying to sort of um really capitalize on what i see as a boom that's going to come soon i think mm-hmm. in, in asia for podcasting and that will be a lot more generic in terms of like we can do stuff on nutrition mm-hmm. we can uh, interview our coaches and find out about their story mm-hmm. we can interview our partners here you know there's so much that we can do to kind of hit this local bangkok market so that one will be more closely tied in with base okay. um so, you know, logo and stuff like that interesting yeah and and these two podcasts can like fit off each other because they're related and you know people who listen to base can be like oh i can learn more about business from this fitness business asia podcast for sure for sure and you know the content will be bangkok focused but you mm-hmm. know we've, we've got some nutritionists that we work with so of course people from other cities can benefit from that and learn from that as well um so you know i think though we're bangkok focused i think mm-hmm. hopefully it will still help to bring in some listeners from outside and will still help to kind of gain exposure for base on on international stage right Cool. And just wondering, for the podcast show that we're hosting here at Pitch Media Asia, is there anyone that you would like to see come on this show? Uh, they have to have a podcast, do they? Yeah, they have to have a podcast to talk about podcasting. In Asia. So one of our coaches has a podcast. He could okay. be good. He's just started that called The Combat Cast. So, um, Combat Cast. Combat cast, yeah. His name is Steve Pipe, and he focuses on um, uh, Thailand-based and Asia-based MMA fighters, oh, okay. um, Thai fighters. So there's no one doing that. So he's kind of found his little niche. You know, there's a lot of Muay Thai Park podcasts worldwide, but no one is interviewing kind of local Muay Thai stars. So I think what he's doing is very cool, and he's putting a lot of energy and effort into that. Um, to be honest, I don't know many other podcast hosts in Asia. Mm. Um, but let me have a think about that and I will get back to you. Sure. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I feel, especially if you're talking about in Asia and also like speaking English, that limits it even more, right? To yes. podcasters. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think there's, there's not many Thailand or Bangkok based English speaking podcasts. There's not mm. that many full stop, really. They're not really very widely listened to. Um, but there are more Thai ones for sure. Mm-hmm. But again, I think it's just a sign that it's, you know, we're a little bit ahead of the curve, I think. Yeah. And it's yeah. like a little bit of time to pick up. So the the base podcast that you guys are thinking of starting, is that going to be in Thai or English? That will be in English, actually. It's kind of like the feel of our brand is that we're, we're very international. Yeah. We have 
lot of foreign co- well we have some foreign coaches and then we have a lot of Thai coaches that you know grew up abroad or lived mm-hmm. abroad or they're half Thai half American so the feel of our brand is very international mm-hmm. that being said we will put out some episodes in Thai mm-hmm. for sure just for our you know our clients our listeners and maybe don't speak English mm-hmm. but the focus will definitely be more English-based, a little bit more of an international feel. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think the bilingual aspect is good as well, and people can choose the episodes that they can understand. I don't think it's a problem, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, it's going to be fairly informal. It's, it's yeah. a bit of a value for our clients. Um, so, you know, we, we might break a few podcast rules here and there. You know, about yeah, doing something fun, getting our message out there, mm-hmm. you know, giving is the opportunity to tell their story so we'll have a bit of fun with it and we'll see where it goes yeah cool okay thank you so much for coming Jack just wondering so for the listeners where can they find you uh, you can my name is Jack Thomas you can find me on LinkedIn quite easily um, the business is base basebangkok.com Fitness Business Asia, you can search that anywhere, Google, iTunes, Spotify, and we'll come up, or fitnessbusinessasia.com. That will have uh, the web player or links to, to everywhere you need to find us. Perfect. Fitness Business Asia podcast. Uh, fitnessbusinessasia.com. Dot com, yeah, for yeah, the podcast. Okay. Correct. Yeah, if you just search for Fitness Business Asia, we come up on all, all the channels. Because yep, we're the only people doing really it. Do. <laughs> <laughs> you do for sure. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast show today. And yes, no problem. Who are, can I ask who are most of your listeners? Are they um, people looking to start a podcast? Yes. Yes, yes. That's why we want to interview people in Asia who have podcasts to you know, share about their stories and, and you know, how the journey and how, give tips to people how they can build their own podcast. Okay. Okay. Can I can I offer a couple more tips? Just things oh, that we yes, haven't of covered. Of course. Cool. Of course. So the, I guess you know, a question I'm often asked about base and sometimes about the podcast is if you could go back and start again, mm. what would you do? Right. And I think it's always a great question to ask. So the first thing I would say is get the first five episodes at least done, mm-hmm. so that when people find your podcast, they can download a few and listen to a few other episodes. Okay, I think that's quite important. If you just do one and then no more for a couple of weeks, people mm-hmm. might come across it. So but do you feel that you should uh, record in bulk first, like just have five ready and then just push them out together? I would say to start the podcast, yes. Okay. Then, then moving forward, I think it's up to you how you do it. I kind of do it in ones or twos. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, a more efficient way, I think, is to do like four the next month, probably. Mm-hmm. But I think just to start, I would say it's very important to have at least at least three. Mm-hmm. I would recommend five. Okay. So when people find you, they're like, wow, there's already content here. Right. Then from there, make sure that you're consistent. Are you going to release one a month, one every two weeks, one every week? We sort of evolved after six months into one every week. Mm-hmm. But really looking back, I'd like to have done that from day one because the initial people that stumbled across us, I think would have um, would more likely have stuck, you know, rather than having one yeah. and two episodes and building it up slowly. I think once you've got your five episodes done, you can really go crazy on promotion and marketing, try and really get big at the very beginning. You know, although it's not really widely listened to in Asia podcasts, it is actually quite a cool story. I think you mm-hmm. can you can use PR, I think, to get that out. For sure, when we do our base podcast, we will definitely try and get the you know local magazines and newspapers mm-hmm. to cover the story of the first fitness studio in Thailand doing its own podcast, right. giving weekly information out. You know, I think you can package that into a cool story. So if you've mm. got your five episodes and then you can go big on marketing, promotion, um, really getting the message out there, then you have an opportunity to really kind of explode at the beginning right. rather than just drip feeding a few out 
quietly over the first few months when you get things together. Mm, wow, totally. That's really, really good advice. Thank you so much for sharing. No worries. Happy to. First five episodes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Damn. And then I think if you can get that initial boom as well and people are listening, then mm-hmm. the algorithms like that. So, okay. you know, the iTunes algorithms might push you into new and noteworthy. Mm-hmm. See you as a new exciting podcast, you know, mm-hmm. that people are listening to and people are downloading. You're not going to do that if you just release one episode, two episodes. Um, so I think it just gives you that layer of professionalism. It really helps the algorithms. And anyone that stumbles on your podcast early on will see that you mean business from day one. Yeah, definitely. And uh, any more tips? that maybe I missed out um yeah, I mean consistency I would just double down on, on that um I would say you know okay we've got five episodes right so if you're yeah. going to start uh, again another fitness analogy we can have here get make your goals public mm. you know, if you want oh, yeah. 10 kg tell the world about it you know set that date that you want to do it by you're going to start on this day you're going to achieve your goal by this day tell everyone announce it on Facebook Mm-hmm. get some accountability there you know put some pressure on you and then yeah. you're more likely to actually hit your goals i would say this is the podcast tell everyone you're going to do it announce it on facebook start yep. recording episodes have a launch date in your head i'm going to launch the podcast today and then aim for that and if you don't do it people are going to be asking you what happened and feel really good so <laughs> definitely to put pressure on and then you actually get things done if it's just an idea floating in the back of your head mm-hmm. a bit of a dream a bit of a goal i'll do it when i'm ready i'll practice a little bit more as you said often doesn't work out make a bold decision do it don't worry about the quality to begin with just get it out of there and then adjust and course correct as you get involved. absolutely right just getting out there and doing it <laughs> that's a hard part I think, for a lot of people actually sorry that's the hard part, I think, for a lot of people is yeah. mm-hmm. having the confidence to really put out that first episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then, like, being judged for it, so-called, and getting the feedback. Mm. You know, I understand that, but, you know, the worst that can happen is it's not very good. Some people tell you it's not very good, and then you can just listen to that feedback and make sure your next one is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really just the, the same with anything in life that you want to improve in. I mean, the worst case scenario really isn't bad. Perfect. So thank you so much today, Jack. Yeah, no worries. I was happy to talk about this stuff. So, no, yeah, it's, no it's really amazing. I think I really learned a lot from speaking with you. And, you know, we're also doing the podcast and it's also a process for us to learn how, how to do it, uh, how to interview people, um, you know, all these things. And it's great that you're sharing all this with us. Yeah, I think you just get that a little bit better each time, right? Every yeah. interview, you kind of reflect afterwards what went well, what didn't, mm-hmm. what could have gone smoother. Again, when I'm listening back to it, once it's released, I'm like, oh, okay, that that went well and sounded really good. That didn't maybe sound as good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I have those few trusted people near me who I know will give me a very straight opinion. Mm-hmm. I really value and respect their opinion. So they'll tell me as well, this episode was amazing. This episode was a bit boring. Mm-hmm. What they think, and they'll tell me why. You know, it won't be based on their personal emotions. It'll be based on what they um, objectively think sounds good or what the wider audience might appreciate and might like. Um, So, yeah, you know, based on their feedback and based on listening back, you know, you just get a little bit better each time. Yeah. So just to recap, record episodes, put it out there. Don't be afraid. And then, yeah, just do it. And ah, we'll have a podcast going, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah. There's not, there's not really much to it. There's enough tools out there now that you can put it up easily. I think when podcasts were first launched, it was quite a difficult thing technically to, to start oh, yeah. doing. But now there's plenty of tools. There's online freelancers that can help you get things set up mm-hmm. as we as we've used. So yeah, there's really no excuse. You know, if if it doesn't happen, it's only because of um, yeah, because of, because of yourself, right? If you want to if you want to do it and you want it to, you you want to put it out there, then just make those first few steps and it should all start to happen. Mm, exactly like now we can record you know countries apart and it's still happening so right exactly yeah, yeah. you know you can um yeah you can jump on a skype call people are very happy generally to be interviewed for podcasts so yeah it's it's really not that difficult to do it's more on um people's personal barriers i guess mm. um kind of some Okay, so thank you so much. It's Jack Thomas, and your podcast is fitnessbusinessasia.com, can be found over there. So thank you so much once again from base Bangkok, Jack Thomas. Yeah, not at all. Very happy to, to share some of my thoughts. Hope it inspires a couple of people to start that journey. Um, and, you know, through those channels, anyone can contact me. I'm always mm-hmm. happy to help people start as well. We have um, fitness business owners contact me, and I don't mm-hmm. think I've had any potential podcast hosts uh, contact me. But if anyone needs any help getting started, then please do feel free to reach okay. out and I'll help out where I can. And they can, they can contact you via LinkedIn or something? Yeah, LinkedIn or through Fitness Business Asia on Instagram okay. or through the website. I'm pretty easy to find. All right. Thank you so much. It's great to have you on the show. Yeah, not at all. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jake. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. That was the podcast show powered by Pitch Media Asia. The podcast show is where we feature the journeys of the best and upcoming podcast hosts here in Asia. If you want to be a part of that journey, tune in to soundcloud.com slash the podcast show Asia, or you can contact me on LinkedIn to be on the show. My name is Shida Osman.